0: Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from the Chris The Chris Voss Show. Com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. We certainly appreciate you coming by and checking us out and all that good stuff. Today, we have a most excellent guest, which is going to be pretty interesting. This is a gentleman. We've been having a lot of great guests that we met on Clubhouse. It's been such a wonderful app where we've been able to make new friends, meet new people, expand our network and everything else. And you'd be surprised the different professional people you'd find on it. Many of us are on there. We're looking for different marketing skills, talking, speaking, pushing books etc, etc. And uh, I got a chance to meet a really interesting person that we'll be talking to here in a second. If you've ever wondered what it's like to be a man to have to perform in a sexual nature, or if you wonder what porn stars is maybe a man goes through, or uh, different tips that you can use as a man to be a better lover, or unleashing your sexual Superpowers as the name of the book is called. We have today Eric Everhard. He is the author of the book, Unleash Your Sexual Superpowers, A Porn Star's Guide to Sexual Mastery. So we're going to have him on the show. We're going to be talking about some of his stuff. Be sure to watch the video version of this on OnlyFans. No, I'm just kidding. YouTube.com forward slash Chris Voss. You can also go to Goodreads.com forward slash Chris Voss, Facebook, Dot com The Chris Voss Show. And you can also go to uh, LinkedIn and Instagram as well to see the video versions of this and also the audio as well. Be sure to subscribe to com. Eric is coming to us all the way from Prague. He is one of the top paid and most recognized performers in adult films over the last two decades. He's won numerous male performer awards, and he's been enshrined in the hall of fame of the AVN and the XRCO organizations. In 2010, he embarked on a transformational journey, studying NLP at one of the top institutions in America. Since then, he has dedicated his time and effort to helping men by teaching them elite-level sexual skills to have confidence with women in the bedroom. And today's uh, sponsor is the Bible. The Bible. Follow the Ten Commandments. Don't get into trouble. And don't have sex with uh, strange people. Welcome to the show, Eric. How are you?
1: I'm fabulous. Thanks, Chris.
0: <laughs> I'm going to cut that part out of the end. I thought I'd just do that for you. <laughs> that,
1: was awesome. that was the best
0: intro ever. You got to keep trying it to. I was trying <laughs> to promote better, make it seem like it's a real sponsor, and have you just sit there going, like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, Welcome to the show, Eric. How are you?
1: Oh, fabulous. Fabulous, man. I'm glad to be here. Fabulous
0: fabulous darling um so it's wonderful to have you on the show give us your plugs so people can find you on the interwebs
1: okay well they can find me at uh, www.erikeverhard.com and uh, they can also find me on uh, instagram at ericeverhardofficial, and of course on the illustrious clubhouse
0: at clubhouse the clubhouse app where i met eric and actually a lot of really cool uh, porn stars came on there Really wonderful professional people. They're looking to expand their brand and and do what they do, especially with COVID and all the different difficulties every business is having with filming. So uh, you've written this book, but let's get into, uh, we'll we'll save that for a little bit later, but let's get into kind of your background. You evidently worked in the porn industry. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, I've been a professional porn actor for about, call it 23 years. I started actually in Vancouver, Canada when I was a, a, a young, ripe 21 year old. <laughs> so yeah, I'm basically a little backstory. I was, I was attending massage therapy school. Actually, I was going there and one day we're on lunch break and we, we, we have this big uh, cafeteria. I go in there and they've got a uh, different newspapers that have what's going on in the city, the band listings, just usual stuff. And you're sitting there at lunch, you're like, hey, I'll go read something. So I open the paper, coming through it, checking stuff out. And then, bam, there I see it. There's about a four-inch by four-inch ad that's looking for women and couples to do a porno movie. And I'm suddenly thinking, god damn. And I used to live with this with this girl a couple of years before we were boyfriend-girlfriend. And sometimes we would watch porno movies together, right? And she used to always say, oh, yeah, you you got a big dick. You you could do that. I'm like, yeah, thanks, sweetheart, right? Because come on, Chris, said, any girl that's dating you is going to say you are the fucking best thing ever, right? Even if you suck, they're going to be like,
2: oh, you're so wonderful.
1: So you take it with a grain of salt. But uh, it did make me think. And so I said, okay, well, let me, because I've never seen this before. So I said, well, let me give them a call. And every upstanding porno company that I've ever met would do, they hung up on me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they didn't even see you first they didn't give you the camera test
1: nothing 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 straight wow. up no, not interested so i was like okay so i went back to back to school back to doing my usual thing
0: it sounds okay. like when i call them then
1: yeah yeah <laughs> right so so about i think it was probably about six seven months later again lunch break eating grab the newspaper go on through the newspaper bam there it is again and i'm thinking to myself God, I didn't really put in that much effort, right? Like I just called once, so then I was like, "No, we're gonna we're gonna pursue this." So I called, and I called, and I called, right? And uh, one day, the apparently it was actually the owner picked up the phone, so it was a new guy, and he said, "Well, I'll tell you what, come down to our studio. We'll take some Polaroids of you because this is back in the day when Polaroids existed, mm. and we'll see if you have the equipment, and then maybe one day we could get you a job." And I'm like, well, hey, that's better than being hung up on, right? Yeah. So I went down to this. Their studio was just in the sleazy area of East Vancouver. It was like close to the hooker strolls. I mean, it was like not not the best area of town. And I climbed the stairs and on their steel door. And, uh, and they open it. And they look at me and they go, hey, are you Mitch? I'm like, yeah. And then they just stare me down and just go, Can you fuck a girl for us right now? And I was just like, I mean, dude, my, my jaw just dropped open. Right. I think I let out this little, little meek and that was it. You know, it just so happened that there was this girl who, well, she was part-time stripper and she had shot for them before. And she just happened that day to be hanging out at their studio. So it was like, when people talk about luck, it's like opportunity meets preparedness. That Mm -hmm. that was this. Okay. He's here. I was there. They said, fuck it. Let's see if the kid can do it. That was that was my my first foray into the pornography
2: business.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. The the so that got you started in the business or got you going down the road, I guess. What's interesting to me is with with talking with you about Clubhouse and or on Clubhouse is is not only are men interested in your book and the consulting that you do to help men with their with their. Prowess, or what what's the right word, with her performance, I guess. But I, I, I've been struck by how many women in my clubhouse rooms will be—they'll, they'll be reading either reading your book or advising their book. They're probably giving their book to their boyfriends. And a lot of women have said to me after you've left the room, they've been like, "I read Eric's book, and I didn't realize how how hard it is to be a man to to do the performance thing, and and to sometimes stage fright and other issues. I didn't realize how much pressure they go through, and and a lot of the work. I think it comes much easier genetically to women. Uh, and I think they're built differently than we are for obvious reasons of breeding and yeah. stuff like that. So you, you get in the business and, and I'd love to have you tell the story about the, how you broke this to your parents or how your parents found out.
1: Oh yeah. This one's, this one's great. So, so I had been down eventually. This is uh, a year later. I finally, with the help of a friend of mine, get down to Los Angeles. Right. And so now I've arrived in LA and I need to have an excuse why I'm here. So, of course, I tell my mom initially, "Oh, I'm on vacation to Los Angeles, right?" But that only lasts so long, right? Because I'm I'm never going back, right? So, <laughs> so I tell my mom I'm on vacation. A couple of weeks go by, and I I have this new lie. Where I tell my mom I say, "Hey, guess what? I got a job bartending. I think I'm going to stay in LA for a while, right?" Mm-hmm. So. This goes on, I think I'm there like maybe two months, maybe two months if I'm lucky. And uh, I'll call my mom cause I, I just get a little uh, phone card right from the local 7-Eleven and get on the, get on the pay phone, call my mom long distance. And uh, we have a normal mother-son conversation for like 20 minutes, just normal, talking about the weather, talking about what's going on in Calgary, everything.
2: And then as we're getting to the end of the conversation, My mom just goes like this. She goes, so I hear you're doing movies.
1: That was it, right? (laughs) And I mean, (laughs) now you gotta, you gotta imagine me, right? Because I'm just on the other end of the phone. Yep. And that was it. She never asked again. She's, it was, and that's the way my mom was. My mom always wanted us to know that we Mm. never got one over on her. Wow. She's she's as sharp as a tack, sharp as a tack. I could never get anything by her.
0: That's funny as hell. Did she ever did you ever find out how she found out? I mean, like,
1: oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I found out my, uh, <laughs> my my school, my school threw me under the bus. So she, she called because she wanted to get some 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 tax stuff from my massage therapy college, right? So she calls them up. Oh, I just want to get this tax form, and uh, and they go, oh well, he's he's he doesn't attend here anymore. What do you mean? Oh, didn't you know he's in the porno business? Oh crap! Wow. <laughs> So, so she found out from
0: my whole school. Yeah. Yeah. So, you go to, so you go to LA. What's that like? You get in the whole scene. Does it pretty much become immersive right right away where you're just working all the time?
1: Well, it, it, it did shortly. So when I started, you have to remember when I, I first started working in Vancouver in 1998, I moved to Los Angeles in February 1999. So this was this predated any let's call them erectile dysfunction medications that exist today, right? Mm-hmm. So the beautiful thing about that time period was you could either do the job or you couldn't, and there was very few guys that could. I'd say ninety nine percent of the guys couldn't do it. And not only that, then you had to find a way into the business because it was very underground at the time. So so when I when I arrived to LA, I lucked out that I got I, I did four jobs in my first month and then the, the the rumors spread like wildfire right hey there's this new kid he's really really good so the next month i had 15 jobs and then it just exploded from there so because because like people would just talk and they'd be like hey there's a new guy he can do it right like he can do it and they're like really yes okay
0: he's hired he has the equipment and the and the stamina
2: yeah
0: 100%. That's awesome. And so you go on uh, with a story career. You do this for, I think, up to 20 years. Is that correct? And yeah. and, and and I think I heard on one of the other interviews you did, how many women have you been with technically?
1: 5,000 plus or minus 500.
0: Yeah, 5,000 or minus 500. Here, let me add up mine. I just want to see how we compare. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, dude. <laughs> 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 I was using my calculator. One, two. Okay, yeah, you got me beat. Five thousand women. Wow. I think I have dreams like that. Really, when it comes down to it, but maybe they were when I was twelve or something, or twenty, or I wasn't a much.
1: It was of- so funny, Chris, it Was the beginning of my career. Like I was thinking, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to keep track of this, right? Mm-hmm. Until I did this movie. It was called The World's Luckiest Jock, <laughs> and I did that. I did that in, in the year two thousand. And the, the, the movie itself was me, and it was me and 101 women. Really? Yes. So is,
0: was this one of those things where you do them all at once on camera?
1: They they came in in waves of 10.
0: Oh. But sounds <laughs> difficult.
1: It was, actually. It really was. <laughs> it was one of some long days. Long and hard.
0: Jeez. So... But uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It was, the uh, double entendres will be just through this whole video. But this is interesting. I mean, so what were some of the things you liked about the business? And What were some of the things you didn't like about the business?
1: Well, the, the, the business itself definitely has changed and morphed over the years from when I started. I would say when I started, it was very mom and pop from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't corporate. It was, I remember a lot of the directors or producers that I would work for who were shooting were actually the owners of their respective companies. Today, you would never, it, it's gone so corporate that you wouldn't even know the owner. The owner would never have seen you. There's so many chains of command. There's so much, there's so much money that has been sort of monopolized in that sense. So mm-hmm. before maybe you had 100, 200 smaller companies. Now you might have, yeah, maybe 10. Yeah. So companies it, have really merged and been taken over.
0: So the whole monopolization or, or the corporatization, I remember watching Vegas go through that from, between the mob and going from the mob to the corporations. And, and frankly, yeah. I just didn't have the mob back really.
2: Well,
1: you know, what was funny is when I started, there was still one company that, was, that had mob ties. Did they really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was well known. It was well known that they were, they had connections.
0: So, you know, a lot of people look at your business and there's probably different things that you've dealt with where people, where people disenfranchise people in the industry from being real human beings, put their pants on every day, albeit they probably have some bigger, bigger crotch size in their pants or something. I don't know, bigger inseam. That's what the word I'm looking for. And, but, and so how do you, how have you navigated the, the, you've won lots of awards with AVN and other things. How do you navigate having a normal life during that time and, and, and being in this business?
2: Well,
1: I was, I was always seen sort of as an outlier from that perspective. Let's, let's, let's call it what it is. I mean, stereotypes do exist for a reason usually. So Mm -hmm. if you were to take a majority of the people in the business, they will fit a certain mold, right? I just was never that because I was, I was university educated. I never partied. I never did drugs. I was I just went to work, right? I went to work, I went home. I was a big, you know, fan of bodybuilding, so I was a super workout junkie. I ate super healthy, which I still do to this day. This morning I had my my eggs and my sweet potatoes. Mmm, tasty. So,
0: so i
1: Yeah, right. So, so from that perspective, I was just different, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, so for me, it didn't really I didn't get stuck in the trappings of quote-unquote Hollywood. None of that stuff appealed to me. So, yeah, I never had those. Never had those issues, but do they exist in the porno business? Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. You, you can't. You can't give literally children. I mean, you get someone they turn eighteen and nineteen, and suddenly you're giving them twenty, thirty, forty grand a month, right? Mm-hmm. They're not capable of handling
0: it. Yeah, it's it's a hard adjustment. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, it's like it's like this girl was just working at McDonald's, and now two months in, they're driving like a C sixty three Mercedes. You're like, oh. And I would tell all of them, right? I would say, hey, save your money. Do you listen to me? Never. So I stopped talking after a while.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing when you make lots of money, how you go through it and you look back and you're like, I should have just been, and it's just crazy, especially if you grew up poor, you didn't grow up in money, you don't know how to handle it, and it just makes your head whip around. And I, I see a lot of people that do that. Like, even when when we had my modeling and talent agency, we knew a lot of people that were uh, in stripper trade and, and other trades, and the amount of money they would go through, and you'd just be like, where, where does all that money go? You're still driving 1986 Honda, and and where does it all go? I think I knew where some of it went, though. I think some of it went up the, some noses or something, but other than that. <laughs> so you've been on this journey. You, you you do the spectacular career in the business. Now, are you officially retired now?
1: I haven't officially officially retired yet. Probably, I would think by end of 2021, early 2022, I'll mm-hmm. uh, officially announce a retirement. Here's the thing, right? Like, I've always wanted to emulate Wayne Gretzky. Oh. You
2: know,
1: my right. So. Do you play hockey? I watch hockey. I was actually I was <clears> the <throat> only I was the only kid um in my entire block they didn't go to hockey school just so you know
0: that seems yeah. odd to me yeah because Canadians and hockey you guys you yeah, did have your own hockey stick though you could just <laughs> so yeah, what what brought you on yeah, you're in Prague right now I know and I think you're on a bit of a, a spiritual sabbatical or journey or something like that to tell us about what you're what you're going through right now and of course you've written the book
1: yeah so so everything started about hmm let's say 12 years ago it was about 2009 i met I met a man who's a dear friend of mine actually he's bulgarian and he lived in san francisco and i had some friends that attended a relationship workshop that he did so i thought to myself okay let me check this out right so i went there and the whole experience was amazing but in that experience people were talking about this thing called nlp neurolinguistic programming and i'd never heard of this before so i said wow this is interesting. What is this? And so they start to kind of tell me and I thought to myself, well, that might be kind of beneficial because if it's it's sort of like hypnosis and it's sort of this and that, right? I'm like, well, you could use that for business. It could be, you know, there's a lot of applications. I thought, well, okay, where's the best place? And they all said there was this uh, center in uh, Marin County and that's the best place in America. So I said, okay, I'm going. That's it. So I went there and it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. I thought, hey, I'm going to learn some trade. Maybe I can be good for negotiation or manipulation or something. No, no, no. This was granola, holistic. This was face all your fears, face all your traumas, peel back the onion of your life. Right? So I go through this. I mean, I I would always joke to Carl, who was was the owner of the, the school. I said, man, Carl, you have some secret deal with Kimberly Clark, because literally, we'd be up there in the classroom and we're facing things from our childhood and we're all crying. Right? It was just, it was amazing. And uh, and within all that, then I came out a whole new person by the end of that. But I was also left with all these real exis- existential questions about life. Yeah. You know, and it was really, okay, well, I'm sort of disillusioned with porn now because before I thought, oh, this is the best career ever, right? Yeah, That's all I want to do. And then suddenly it was like, no, nah, not really, not really. So then it's all, okay, what is it? What What is my purpose in life? And that became... Constant theme for about a decade what's my purpose what's my purpose? what's my purpose and, and I wasn't getting any answers, none that I could really sink my teeth into. so then I met a coach in in San Francisco business coach, and he would take entrepreneurs down to the Amazon jungle and they would drink the psychedelic ayahuasca. oh wow they would, they would do ayahuasca and then they would work on their businesses. And it was this, this sort of a synergistic use of the plant medicine and also practical working on your business. So I searched him out and I said, Hey, I got these questions. I cannot for the life of me find out what the answers are. So I said, I hate psychedelics because I had done LSD when I was like 14 years old. And I was like, this is the worst thing ever. Right. But I was, I was so, so looking for answers that I went and did, uh, went and did the medicine.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So did you find the answers?
1: I found a lot of answers, right? So my first journey was in 2014 and uh, yeah. And then I've done seven journeys since then.
0: Wow. Wow. So it it really, it really helps, huh? Oh man. Well, it's, it's not
1: easy. I'll I'll tell Mm -hmm. you that The, the journey is not easy, but it's, it is amazing. Right? Oh. It's the most profound thing I've ever done because it's not, it's not like you're just seeing things that are just random. It'll show you about your life. It'll show you where you've gone wrong. It'll show you what you need to do. And it's, it's very, it's very holistic. Mm. Very. Holistic. Wow. So, um, Yeah. So
0: that's pretty that. interesting. I use my six sex uh, divorce divorces and divorce attorneys to tell me where I went wrong in my life. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there's a record of it no that's interesting so i mean it sounds like you reach that age where you're starting to go on that journey where you're where you're kind of becoming of age probably in your 30s maybe i think where you where you start you know questioning these things you go who am i and why am i here and what the fuck is going on
1: (laughs) so i don't know if you want to call it some people use the term midlife crisis I, i was i didn't consider it that but it was just like okay there's something bigger than me there's something else that i have to do so so at the same time when I was doing the the ayahuasca and doing the journeys and getting downloads of information, I also had a bunch of civilian lovers in Los Angeles.
0: And. Civilian lovers. You you might have to define that for us. I know what that is from, from clubhouse, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so if you're not in the porno business, we consider you a civilian, right? It's the Mm. term everybody uses. It's just how it is. So if you're not. Civilian
0: one reporting for duty, sir.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, so I had these civilian lovers and and they all said the same thing. They said, look, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing is the best thing that someone has ever done to me. And can you please write some sort of manual or write it down so that my future ex-husband can at least uh, continue doing what you've been doing, right? And and that really started planting a seed in my brain. I said, well, what is it that I'm doing? Because I knew I knew what I was always doing, but I never sat down and just broken it down and codified it Mm -hmm. so that started that journey and I said okay well if I've been on this crazy crazy journey because if you think about it like I looked at it like this is a crazy laboratory experiment right because let's be honest it's not normal that you would sleep with 5,000 women and not end up dead or on a street corner or something right
0: (laughs) or Charlie Sheen freebasing whatever off the back of god knows what
1: yeah (laughs) crashing his car (laughs) <laughs> it was also the learning piece because if, 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 if you look at the opportunities that you would have, would have to sleep with that sheer volume, it's okay. You're a super celebrity like Leonardo DiCaprio or Brad Pitt or somebody, right? Yeah. Dean you know, Simmons. So, so in that sense, you may not be learning anything because the girl, it doesn't matter if you're a bad lay or not. She wants the, the notch on her bedpost to say, you know, guess what? I fucked Leo, right? So you could come in two seconds and be like, ah, fuck it. I got Leo. Right? You know, they don't care. So so there's that part. And then there's, of course, if you're a super billionaire, you could hire 5,000 hookers. But all those hookers are going to say you're fabulous even if you suck.
2: Yeah. The
1: interesting thing about porno was it was the most honest, honest interaction you could ever have because you're both being paid by a third party. So they don't give a shit about my feelings. I mean, I'm actually, this is weird enough. Like you can actually have a scene where two people hate each other. I've had that before. So it's imagine like a boxing fight where it's like, Hey, you go to the blue corner, you go to the red corner. And you're just waiting. Wow. You're like, you're on a break, and that's like,
0: and you have to have sex with them.
1: I mean, oh yeah, but you, but you both, hate each, other. You both wow. hate each other. Right. So that is a skill into itself. So <laughs> the, the, the thing, the thing is Chris, right. Is, is everything's honest because if you do something they don't like, they straight up fucking tell you they Hey, don't fucking do that. Hey, do this, do that. Blah, blah. I like this. Blah, blah So, so really it was, it was such a learning atmosphere. Like you can learn so much if you, if you have your conscious awareness to take it all in. Yeah. And that's what I was doing. Right. So it's like, I had, I had this super laboratory where I could do all this learning. And so then after all that, I thought to myself, well, if I died and I didn't, if I didn't give this information to men, then I'd be doing a disservice because there's otherwise why did I go through with this crazy experiment, right? There's mm-hmm. no way to give this knowledge to somebody because there's no other way they can get. It.
0: There yeah. yeah. And so that was that's what motivated you to write the book then.
1: Yeah, so that's what what started the process of writing the book.
0: And I I think this is cool. I think we talked about this in Clubhouse or something. But you know, when I was a kid. I had the normal premature issue when I was like 16, 18. And, and, and early on, I was, I became very aware that girlfriends weren't too happy with it. And, and so I think I read some books or I studied some Kama Sutra or some different things and learned to think about grandma and baseball and all the different things people do. But I just learned that you, Hey, you got to work on this. And then I also learned that girlfriends hate it if you go right to sleep thereafter. And so I started doing these, trying to push my challenge to, to kind of expand. So I wouldn't, Fall asleep right away, and yeah, I think this is great for men because and then and then I guess men do have a lot of different issues with performance anxiety. I never really had that, but I did push myself in that way, and I read some books early on. Unfortunately, you weren't around. Jeez, could you write this thing like twenty years earlier? But I think this is good, and and what's great is now you're working with men, you're helping men you're consulting with them so people can men can sit down with you and go okay so how can i work through some of these issues and and you've gone through a lot of the mental state that most men will have to go through with having a union camera guy in the in the scene going <laughs> that was pretty good yeah all right i think the lighting's pretty good over there yeah there's a little bit of shadow between the balls and the dick but i think we'll be okay there <laughs> the audio guy's going i can't hear the moaning very well can you moan louder please i mean the whole the whole set thing i have orgasmo the film scenes from orgasmo coming in my head too, the uh movie but you know so you've really had to to push the I suppose outer limits of what most guys would have to go through and performance anxiety pressures you're standing on a set with a heart on going hey w- what am I going to do with this can we get the can we get the cameras rolling can we get all this shit going so your mental game is is way above most of the rest of us
1: yeah well I mean that was that was exactly what I put into the book right like for me my experience has been very boots on the ground, and. <laughs> It was, (laughs) it was literally like, if I didn't figure this stuff out, I would get fired. Right. So, so even you look at people, they need to, or they want to, you know, improve themselves for their girlfriend at home. It's like, I had to improve myself for my career. Hey, if if I don't figure this out, I'm on the street. So Mm -hmm. in that, and being put in these extreme situations I found out how to navigate them. So it was like, hey, first, how do I deal with, with the anxiety piece? Okay, how do I deal with getting a hard-on when I'm not turned on? What about what about in a situation where I'm not getting to lie on anything comfortable? What about when I'm in a situation when I'm outdoors? What about when I'm in a situation, I've done it at a frat party? What if I've done it in, in, in a bar? What if I got 20 other guys surrounding me and I'm dealing with one girl? Like all these situations, <clears throat> And you learn, you learn how to overcome your mind, and because i I say sex is ninety percent ninety five percent mental wow right? unless 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 we have some sort of call it uh, physical disability, right unless you have some physical disability, your dick works like it works if you I always talk about this with my clients, I say I, I want to know first what is your default state and i de- I define default state by if you just open your laptop right now. And you're like, hey, I'm gonna rub one out. How how fast can it, does it get hard? Does it get hard? What's
0: the quality, right? Wait, all there's a guys scale guys. of quality. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because oh, yeah. <laughs> <But, laughs> now but, I'm feeling now I've I'm feeling performance seen, anxiety. I've I didn't seen, know there was a I've scale of quality.
1: Dicks. I've seen way too many dicks in my time, right? So I, I've seen there's all sorts of different kinds. And oh, so we're
0: talking about are we? We're talking about the quality of okay. All right. Direction
1: right? Like some guys, me, I'm like, I'm like a steel rod. I'm like glass. Right. But other guys like they're hard, but it's kind of spongy and it's got flex to it. Right. So, and (laughs) and none is better than another, but you need to know, okay, if you're by yourself, how does it perform? Because then if there's anything happening other than that, that's not reality. Reality is when you're by yourself. Mm. So if you're with a woman and it's something else is showing up, that's a mental state.
2: Ah. So now we
1: know what to work on, right? Like we have to work on your mental process and we have to be able to, in the moment, get you to get out of your head, stop the negative thinking and get you focused on doing and performing.
0: Yeah. I remember one of my issues was like, is I had to kind of get away from the emotion and love and kind of focus more at maybe being more of a performer not, not a, a performer just making her happy, but I had to just kind of disconnect my feelings a little bit at the, in those moments, because sometimes if you get really emotional, if you love somebody, uh, it would fuck me up. And so I'd have to, I'd have to disconnect a little bit and, and then you can go through the, the whole thing there. I mean, that's what it was for me. And then in the book, you, I mean, you, you talk about a lot of different things. Diet is another thing. That's a factor as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean- you can't be eating a bunch of crap and expect that, you know, that your that your dick's necessarily gonna work well. Not only that, but on top of that, you wanna be eating, you know, foods that are rich in nitric oxide, because that's extremely important, but you want your vitamin D, you want you want to avoid processed carbohydrates and and, and seed oils as well. Seed oils are really bad for you with the polyunsaturated fatty
2: acids.
0: Mm-hmm yeah we had uh, somebody on the show I think it was called the two Meals a day and we we talked about the the oils He had a lot of knowledge about that but it 's interesting so you you have the whole play in your physical health what you 're eating your, i mean you, you're, you basically have to make this Ferrari run, but you have to be good to the Ferrari. you have to make sure that everything 's playing and balancing and stuff you just can 't just show up one day and and you got to be you got to be in better shape than Ron Jeremy basically.
1: You know, something that I, I often say is if you viewed sex through the lens of an athletic event, ah. how would you how would you train or treat yourself differently?
0: Mm-hmm. Right? The 30-second sprint, I think, is is uh, most guys. <laughs> 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 oh, my married friends know what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs>
0: we just lost the married crowd
1: much an athletic event so yeah. if, you, if you if you start viewing it as such then you know you're doing certain things that i talk about all the time the penis exercises are very important because especially as you get older your pelvic floor that's that's a big part of the game
0: right yeah so. one of the things i learned to do was do penis push-ups so instead of using your arms you just you just use your your thing you lay on the floor flat and you just you just do lifting And that, that works for me. (laughs) So you describe in the book, some of these different exercises, some of the different techniques and stuff. What are some of the other things that you, you, when you consult with people, I imagine you do like a one-on-one thing over a call or or a phone or, or some sort of different thing. How do you usually work with men on the, on consulting with them?
1: Yeah, normally I work, I work through Zoom. So we do consultations, We, we get together once a week. And we go deep and find out first of all what is their present state, what is mm. their design state, and then what's the path that we need to take them there.
0: What's your atypical client that you find? Are they are they easy married or single guys or
1: it's been it's been it's been a varied I've had most of them have been in relationships, so whether married or with a girlfriend, and most of them are are the kind of guys that are, are go getters and mm. like want to be better. Right. So, so they may have the finances handled. They may have other aspects of their health, wealth, life handled. But in this area, this is the part where they just didn't have access to the information. Mm -hmm. So now they're like, oh my God, like I have someone that can actually show me really how it works. Because, I mean, you and me were probably in from the same sort of era. I mean, when I grew up, I'm sorry, but Dr. Ruth was the bastion of sex advice.
0: not the most as a guy not the not the object that you want to look at when you're thinking about giving women orgasms
1: how many times do you think she's been late
0: i don't know how many probably i don't know i mean wasn't she married for like forever
1: i don't know but i mean it's it's one of the things that where i take (laughs) sex coaches and gurus because they just want to recite a lot of stuff that they read in a book yeah like no practical knowledge because there's so many things that I'll read in those books. And I'm like, this is horseshit. <laughs> horseshit. Sorry, I've been, I've been doing this for 23 years with over 5,000 women. And what you're writing about is fucking bullshit.
0: That's really interesting. That's really interesting. Because, I mean, a lot of people, I suppose, write about it. I mean, her little thing, I remember she used to go around. I think most of her thing was like the female orgasm. I and mean, we're just getting people educated that women actually have an orgasm. and Maybe you should give a shit. It was that age where no one gave a shit, I think, in the 80s and stuff. I mean I grew up I, I grew up in and our two magazines were Sears Catalog and Your Dad's Playboy if you found it or one of your friends' dad's Playboy and, and then we'd steal it and we'd put it in a cardboard box somewhere in the middle of a field.
1: Oh yeah, and it was like gold. It was like yeah. <laughs> it was more precious than gold actually.
0: Yeah. It was even before as as prepubescent. So we you look at the pictures and be like, I don't know why that makes you so interested, but it, it really looks cool and it's and it was it was just the seediness of the material being uh forbidden fruit if you get caught with it you're in trouble and you're you're like I don't know why but everyone's naked so it must be bad so it's cool and then eventually you figure out what the rest of that stuff's for (laughs) but no it's it's an interesting journey like I said it's it's interesting me I've had a lot of women talk especially after you've left the room and they go they go yeah I read his book and it was really I didn't realize how much you guys go through and stuff and i think it'd be a great book for a lot of women to understand that because they they just think we're just kind of these machines where we get hard and go and we're done and there's actually a bit of work that goes into it and then of course we don't have the the recyclability is that the word i mean we just can't we can't go 24 7 like they're built to i mean we just i gotta have a nap and a sandwich in there sometimes i mean there's sometimes where i've had we gotta take a break and i gotta have a sandwich
1: (laughs) 100 percent you know, one of the things too, that that I've noticed if guys do struggle with, let's say performance anxiety, so they're struggling to get an erection. Mm -hmm. One of the things that women don't understand is the first thing most women do is they make it about them. Mm. And I try and tell women, I say, you're the furthest thing from our mind at that point. You have no idea what we are going through mentally right now, because here we've got this thing that's limp in our hand then we can't figure it out it's the most stressful situation trust me you are the last thing on our mind right now you with because i've i've heard of many women that that they get angry oh you must not like me you what are you talking about <laughs> trust me you think i don't want to fuck you i want to fuck you i can't i'm having a problem telling my little guy that he wants to right now right and it's that mm-hmm. disconnect <clears throat> so a lot of times women will not 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 intentionally, but they'll pour gasoline on the fire. And make it worse. Oh, yeah, because we're already having mental torture about what's going on. And now you want to excoriate us over the fact that we aren't getting this done? Yeah, that's going to help me a lot. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just going to make it rise to the occasion right now.
0: Carry know? that scar for life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, 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 and I've known guys that have those moments, have sort of scarred them in the sense that now now the the erectile dysfunction repeats itself because now the first thing they go into the interaction is oh it's funny, Chris. These are the words I always say, if they enter your mind, you are fucked. So if you go in and and in your, in your mind, you think, I hope I get hard. You're already, it's a downhill slope. Oh
0: shit. You start fucking it up.
1: Because, because what happens so often is it becomes, a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You say, Oh, geez, I hope I get hard. And then if you don't get hard right away, Oh my God, here we go again. That becomes the next thought, right? And then mm-hmm. it's, Oh God, please get hard. Oh, what is she thinking about me? Oh, now she's pissed off. Oh God, can I please get this thing going? And it's just, it's like the tsunami, right? Yeah. And and then your adrenaline is just going through the roof. And then, I mean, it, it might as well be just a little inchworm, just, just in a hole,
2: right?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting to me. I've had that happen once, and it was scarring, and I did think about it. I'm not sure. I I put on a bunch of weight between my last relationship, and and being on top, I was having trouble, I guess, getting all the blood flowing in the right place. And I may have been pre-diabetic or semi-diabetic at the time. But there was also some, some aspects of her. She had Cushing's disease, and so her breasts were giving off just a weird taste that was really not it wasn't exciting let's put it that way and I think maybe my brain was trying to send me something like this is not the right chick for you maybe it was a combo of all three but I had a really hard time nailing it it took four four different nights <laughs> and four different tries and I think at the end she was going I don't think he's into me and I, I really should have just walked from that one that should have been a sign that I should have walked but that's the only time I've ever had the performance problem
1: well there's there's something that I, that I often talk about which is sexual alignment because everyone always says sexual chemistry but when i look at it through my lens it's actually sexual alignment because i believe mm. that's something i talk about where i say there's there's lock and key theory right because over the 23 year span basically i i discovered there were four different types of vaginas right? mm. and so you need to find out which type works for you
0: i'm sorry I just gotta laugh at that i'm sorry I'm just thinking of vaginas in my head, four different types of vaginas. So true, go ahead. You, sorry, that's a dirty you, little boy in me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the different vaginas that are like, which four? Yeah, there's four types, right? Okay, so let's let's, see. <laughs> let's hear this.
1: Now you wanna know the four wait types is
0: this is this the looking of vaginas or is this uh
1: how they feel on the inside. Oh okay. Yeah. So there's 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 four different types.
0: Okay, so what are they?
1: <laughs> yes. So, so it basically, if you looked at a stereo, right, where it's you got the, those old five band equalizers, where it's like zero on one side, ten on the other. Okay, on one side, you'll have what I term as granular, right? And so we're talking about the texture on the inside. Okay. Now, and and I'll use this analogy so that you sort of understand it. Like if if you lined up, just say ten girls right now, right, and they all had on shorts, and you just put your hand on each one of their thighs. Have you ever noticed how women just have different skin textures? Yeah, yeah. Right? Some, some it's like hard and the other it's like baby soft. You're like, God, how do you have such soft skin? And then you'll have another girl where it's, yeah, it's kind of like not scaly, but it's just kind of like rougher texture
2: and it has nothing
1: to do with how hot they are, like visually, yeah. right? Yeah, It's just skin quality. Hmm. So you have to understand that same skin quality exists on the inside.
0: Ah, oh. right? it yourself.
1: Yeah. So, so what I found was, of course, most women will be somewhere sort of, you know, in the middle ground, but mm-hmm. when you get to the extremes, the furthest extreme you'll find is, is what I call granular. Mm. So it's got, I'm trying to think of the proper use. It's, it, it feels like almost like kind of grains, like it's got lots of texture, right? Uh. So if we're saying like ribbed for her pleasure, but that's kind of what the inside is. Now for some guys, that feels amazing, mm-hmm. right? For other guys, it doesn't. And you yeah. have to determine basically what feels good for you. So that's on that extreme. Then on the other further extreme, you have what I call velvety. Okay. And that'll feel, it's literally like the softest piece of velvet you could possibly imagine.
0: Yeah, uh, right. That's my favorite right there.
1: The there. And then you have the, the on one scale, it's beyond tight and then like beyond loose. Right. And and even within there, there's always this misnomer that guys are like, oh my God, I just want a tight pussy man, tight pussies hurt sometimes, a lot. Yeah. Like, they can be too tight, and, and it's not fun. Like, I remember, this was uh, years ago, I was on set with um, the Spanish performer Nacho, and he was mentioning, he said, he goes, God, he goes, I hate tight pussies. And Nacho has an enormous dick, like gigantic. Right? <laughs> well, everything's
0: tight to him.
1: <laughs> well, well, no, not everything, but, but he said, you know, he goes, he goes I, hate, I hate a really tight pussy, because he goes, I I hate having to spend 10 minutes to try and get it in. It's not fun. He goes, when I'm horny, I want to fuck. He goes, I want him to go right in. So he doesn't tight vaginas. It's, it's loose. Like that's, you know, because he can go right in and, and off he goes. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you have to understand that every woman will be a combination of those four traits. And then you're just going to find out what works for you. And the first time that I realized this, it was, God, I want to say it was probably around 2000, 2001. And I was performing, I was doing the scene out by a pool and I it was a, some sort of uh, swimwear video right so these two girls in swimsuits were by the pool and it's gonna be me and the two girls and so I'm getting ready to go and I'm thinking okay I'm gonna do this high energy scene I'm gonna go back and forth between the girls make it really cool so we start and I, I start with the first girl and literally I go in Chris it's five strokes and I'm like,
2: oh God,
1: like I had to like get my shit together. Like I pull out, right. Cause I'm like, holy fuck, I'm ready to come. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, okay, well maybe, maybe the break between going to the next girl, i would be able to wrangle it, right. Get it back together. So I go, cause I got them both in doggy. So I go to the next girl, no problem. Right. I'm like, yeah, I got this back together. Like good. Right. Like my, 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 my plan worked. My plan of action worked. And uh, so I'm fucking, fucking, fucking. This goes on for, I don't know, a couple of minutes and then. And then I go back to the first girl, and it's five strokes again. And I'm wow. like, what the fuck? Right. And then I realized right there, I'm like, okay, this girl here I can have sex with for 20 seconds. This one I could have sex for 60 minutes. Wow. What is the difference?
2: Huh?
1: Right? And that's where I started to, you know, actually break it down. I'm like, okay, what am I feeling? And then once you once you notice that. Now I've been able to extrapolate that over the 5,000 women. And every time I come across that type for me, and it's mm-hmm. a type for me, I'm like, holy shit, I can't, like, I got to pull out every trick in the porno book to keep it together. I'll tell <laughs> you that.
2: Right?
0: This is wild, man. I mean, you, you in the book, you detail a lot of secrets of, of male porn stars and how you guys do what you do. This is extraordinary. I, I mean, I I've been with one or two women. I didn't know there's four different types, and 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 how that works. It's you. You really are at this point, and probably a lot of this is your book. But you should just go be a PhD, like a sexologist, doctorate of 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 everything you've learned in in your experience. Well,
1: I mean, that's what I mean. Like
0: you know, are <laughs> a scientist. It's it's boots
1: on the ground. It's boots on yeah. the ground. Well, I mean, yeah. the trenches. You
0: know. <laughs> You've been in some trenches, that's for sure, my friend. But no, this is this is I mean, this is scientific stuff we're talking about. I mean, this isn't this isn't uh stupid porn stuff. This is like science, this is human nature, this is behavior. I never really even thought about the difference there. I mean, I have dated a lot of women, yeah, and they and they and they do have different skin. I mean, I've always it's interesting I look at a woman's skin and there's certain women I'm attracted to, and there's a certain kind of type of skin or look of, of woman that I'm not. What was interesting what I mentioned earlier about the the woman that I mentioned earlier, one of the reasons we did break up is because her sex drive wasn't uh, near close to mine. I think somehow, like you're saying, sexuality, you align. I think maybe some my body was trying to tell me something. That or some, like, I'd gotten so diabetic that when I got up on my big fat ass on my knees, it would drain on the blood to all the wrong places.
1: Thing. Like, like it's, it's very possible it was just misalignment, right? And in one of the things that I think is really behind, because you, you you think about how. So many relationships fall apart and people are cheating. People are doing this. People are doing that. Now I'm very much on the fence. Like I, I I understand monogamy. So I'm definitely not against it. I might even be more towards that than I would be some crazy sort of polyamory or open relationship type relationship. Just because I mean, especially once you get into thinking about kids and children and, and upbringing and what's good for them, things get really complicated. But I think part of the problem is that people have no idea what they actually like. Mm. Right. So it's okay. I, I, I met Susie, me and Susie are, are, are dating. We're going to get married. We have kids. Right. But they don't actually know that the sex they're having with Susie is good or bad. Like they're yeah. So what happens when they see Donna? Oh man. oh man. I'd like to try Donna. Right. Cause, cause they're, they they do not fundamentally know that what they have is good mhm so if if you if you can get to that experience when you can say hey you know what i've i've tried everything i know what's out there now i can make a conscious decision to say yeah okay what i have really good sex
0: yeah i, I i've been lucky that that whatever I did in life, I certainly didn't come anywhere near fi- the five thousand you did. But being able to, like you say, explore what you like, find what you like, find the people you like and stuff, and then also get a lot of it out of your system. I, I have a lot of friends that they hit forty or fifty and they get divorced, they go on their midlife crisis, and they're they're taking girls and they're twenty and they're fifty, and I'm like, you're gonna have a heart attack. And 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 and, and I grew up uh, in a religious community, and there they teach you that you don't have sex before marriage, which is just extraordinary. Can you imagine not having sex with your partner before you're married? I mean, most of them do, 99% of them do, but, but can you imagine not, you're, you're stuck with that person for the rest of your life and you don't know if you, like you say, you don't know if you like this person or not. Is there a way to make that work through some of the techniques that you've used as to how to, let's say maybe you're not sexually aligned in your relationship or a marriage and someone comes to you for help and says, how can I, how can I make this work better and, and make everyone happy?
1: Well, see, there's, there's there's two different parts to that that I work with, right? So there's the first part, which is you know technique, okay? So that is teachable. You can teach someone better technique, and that that goes for the woman and for the man, right? Like they because if they don't have the right knowledge and they don't have the right skill sets, they may just be bad. But it's bad because they just don't know what to do. So that mm. is one of these. Then you have biology. Biology can't be changed. Right? And so I'll be a little graphic here, but <laughs> you know, you have to really break it down because I have, obviously you could be getting a blow job from one girl. It's the best blow job in the world. And then you get blow job from girl number two and it's horrible. Yeah. Why is it? You have to look at the biology behind it. Okay. Jaw structure, where are the teeth located? Size of lips? How big is the tongue? How small is the tongue? All these things factor into it. Wow. Right. And, and so based on those factors, the second girl, no matter how much you were to try and teach her, it is never going to be better because of those biological, physical limitations.
0: Wow. You know? That's, you are a scientist, Eric. Holy shit. You're <laughs> like a scientist. A you should stuff. just show up in a lab coat and nothing else.
2: <laughs>
1: how I think about sex, like I, I really, this is, this is my, my, my lens that I view it through. And so, Because, like I said, I I could be getting a blowjob from, because I've gone through this, right? Thousands Mm -hmm. of times. And I'm just like, God, this girl's horrible. And I'm like, it's got to get better. And it doesn't matter. You say, hey, can you do it this way? Well, guess what? The teeth are still there. They're not getting out of the way, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like, they're not. The jaw is still, are you going to break her jaw? What are we going to do here, right? There's no way around it. So, so it's the same thing right when when you when you think about that when you think about the way the pussies are shaped the feeling inside everything so this goes into what i say which is the sexual alignment piece where you have to you have to find that person that there's that biological meshing that just lines up and cuz i've gone through this personally where i there was one girl and she shall remain nameless. But I dated her for a long time. I mean, she was a you know beautiful penthouse pad of the whole thing, right? I mean, checked every box that you could ever imagine. Except it was the worst sex of my life. It was horrible. And 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 I mean, I stayed in that relationship for a long time. And of course, then I was a scumbag too, because then of course I was cheating on her because I was like, well, okay, I, I wanna I want some good sex, so I'm gonna get it somewhere else. And, and that just doesn't work, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's no way to live. Like you yeah. it's not it's not a solution. And what I learned then was what if the alignment is not there, doesn't matter how much you love somebody, how much they're a great person, but if if you're a sexual person and this is important to you. You have to move on, and you have to find somebody that does align with your body, because you can. If the raw talent is there, yes, you can through communication, because that's what people always say. Right? I've had so many sex coaches and stuff. They say, "Well, you just need to communicate better." Guess what? Communication ain't getting rid of those teeth. <laughs> the amount of communication is fixing that, right? It's not. <laughs> so, so there's there's only so much communication that you can have, and yes, if the raw talent for there to be an alignment between the two of you is there you can totally work on it but if Mm -hmm. but if it is so misaligned in the way that you two fit together there's no fixing it from my perspective
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah and
1: that's a hard conversation for people to deal with
0: yeah. yeah. And, and they probably have to decide at that point with their relationship or are they in it for a sexual basis or you know, the kids or whatever. A lot of people make those sacrifices. Do you find that a lot of guys that work with you and consult with you or read your book, it helps them improve the relationships they might have? Where maybe I, I know the one thing, and I'm just hypothesizing this because you're obviously a scientist at this, but maybe sometimes both men and women don't really feel comfortable uh, communicating their fantasies. Hey, let's get weird with the Chinese swing fuck chair or something like that. Or God knows what else. I mean, it's free country, no judging, but, but do you find maybe that some people are they're They're not sure if they should go that full, that full, like, let's, let's go have some fun. And, and uh, maybe they think of sex as just a little too plain, like, uh, let's just do the missionary position and, and go to heaven or something. I don't know.
1: Well, you know what I've seen with a lot of it, and, and this is something I, I talk about too, which is bedroom leadership. Mm. I've seen a lot of guys now, especially when you look at, look at the Me Too sort of movements and all this stuff, like now I'm finding guys that are really scared to, wow. to lead an interaction sexually in the bedroom. And that becomes problematic in, in, in itself because when you get into a sexual space, most women want you to lead. They yeah, do not definitely. Want you to wear the pants, right? So, this is something I've been working with a lot of guys on lately because they are so afraid of being labeled that guy mm. that they don't want to make a move. They're like, "I'll just wait for her to make a move." Guess what?
0: She's never gonna. Make She's my, never gonna make a move. Yeah,
1: a move, right? No. And this was—I was talking to one one young guy. I was I was actually coaching him on uh, Clubhouse. We went into a private room together, and he was relating this story to me. <laughs> And, and you got to remember, like the guy I'm talking to is a six foot five tall black guy, big guy, oh, yeah. big guy. And, and uh, he told me the story where he, he met this girl at a club, right. And they're having a good time, whatever, making out that kind of thing. So what she's like, Hey, let me come back to your place. Awesome. Right. What happens there? Nothing. He doesn't want to make a move because he's weird, oh. worried about, about being that guy right so yeah. so basically nothing's going on and what happens he was shocked because she got fucking super angry at him i'm like <laughs> what did you think she was gonna do He's like, well i don't know i'm like hey guess what women are not stupid okay yeah. i don't know any five foot nothing woman that's going to the apartment at three in the morning four in the morning <laughs> with a six foot five tall man
0: Schwelt <laughs> gentleman, right yeah. If, if yeah. she doesn't think,
1: maybe something's going to happen that I would like to happen.
0: Yeah. Most <laughs>
1: no woman puts herself in danger, okay? Not willingly. Yeah. So it's, you, you need to, to take action, right? You have yeah. to lead the interaction and you got to calibrate. And that's the big thing I tell people over and over you need to calibrate because if you are paying attention, paying attention to the body language, You're paying attention to the tonality, you're paying attention to their eyes, you're paying attention to everything. You're gonna know that what you're doing is landing or it's not. Yeah. And that's how you avoid getting yourself in a problematic area. It's when you're not paying attention to those things, you're just barreling ahead. Of course, they say, What the fuck are you doing? Right? Yeah. But you know, if you've just opened your eyes, you should have seen the signpost saying, Hey buddy, this is not landing. You should back off.
0: Yeah. The, the there's the uh, there's the I forget his name Aziz. There's the actor Aziz who goes on a date. He thinks it's I mean, even the story that she recounted was seemed like a normal date. She seemed really interested. She went back to his place, just playing out. And then all of a sudden, he's he's on the cover of New York Times and eh. and that that I think a lot of guys are worried about that. I mean, especially if you're going to get too rough or whatever and things of that nature.
1: Oh yeah, but I mean, just just even even me because obviously neither one of us were there, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even just when I read that account, to me there were red flags the whole time.
0: Right? Oh, were there really?
1: Oh yeah, yeah
2: yeah. Wow.
0: This is interesting. So this is why people should read your book and consult with you, is uh, make sure they get this stuff right. Because I mean, there's, I don't know. Usually, usually, I mean, there's a certain aggression to sex, especially if it's fun and and powerful. I mean, I've had all sorts of different women partners that like everything from choking to being thrown down on the bed, to all sorts of different variations of a little bit of roughhousing, and you know, trying to figure out where that balance is. And maybe those should be things that are safer later in a relationship, or like you said, you you watch for the cues and et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, yeah. To me, it's, it's it's all about it's all about understanding the cues because if you're really paying attention, it's very easy to see that that what you're doing is is working, it's landing. They're enjoying it, or they're not. Yeah, and, and and just another thing to that. Also, for a man, there's nothing sexier than non-neediness. So, if a girl wants to, if a girl doesn't want to stay in your apartment, hey, guess what? Go home. Yeah, like why? Why are you trying to convince them this, that, and the other? Right. Every time, every time a girl was like, "You yeah, know, no, not not tonight," I said, "Cool, awesome," and I always slept with them later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the old uh, fishing. Thing, the old fishing analogy.
1: It's not that, but it's like, why, why would you be sitting there trying to convince something of uh, somebody of something that they don't feel comfortable doing in the moment? Yeah, you should just be like, yeah, yeah, cool. Like, hey, let's hang out next week.
0: Sometimes you just gotta let that line roll out, let that fish wander for a bit, and it'll eventually come back to you.
1: You know, and, and with that, with that Aziz story, I mean, that's what I really saw the whole time. Is she keeps saying she wants to leave, she wants to leave, she wants to leave. Oh no, no, stay, 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 stay. Come on.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true.
1: Hey, let's do a date next week. Awesome. Cool.
0: Yeah. feel the... they safe and comfortable. So let me ask you this. We live in a world where a lot of my gal pals, they complain about dick pics being sent to them. The, the thirst of men, especially with social media is just off the chart. The begginess, the, the thirst of men. I I've dated enough where, where I'm just like, Hey, you want to go out? Give me your number we go out. If the, if it's, if it's any sort of buggerism, I'll work it a little bit. But if she's just not that into it, then fuck it. I'm going on the next. And I don't lose a lot of sleep over I'm not, I'm not offended. I, I, I grew up in sales. I'm just like, okay, next. Okay. I know that she's not interested. So there's a million fish in the sea. But, and then one of the other things we're having in our society that's really interesting is this incel problem. And so do you think some of the techniques in your book and your experience and, and what you consult on can maybe either help some of these incel people or guys or or could help maybe some of these guys who are just way too freaking thirsty online?
1: Well, here's here's the thing. Where I see it is it's knowledge, but you gotta you have to get somebody there too, right? So you know, if you look at if you look at at dating coaches, they 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 serve basically the begin, beginning part of the interaction with a woman, right? Like their job is to help the guy get from, hey, I'm meeting somebody to getting comfortable with them to I'm getting them back to my house, back to my apartment, and we're going to hopefully have a sexual interaction. My training goes from now we're there. Mm-hmm. So I see the two, the two industries as very synergistic mm-hmm. because it is really two separate.
0: Yeah. It's kind of funny. I know some dating coaches, some female dating coaches that haven't had a second date in years and, and, and I'm not really sure what advice they're giving, but you know, I wonder, I sometimes wonder though, within cells, if they're, if the, the performance anxiety is like they've, they, they maybe they watch too many porn movies and they think that it's the big production of things and they have some performance anxiety. So I don't know. I was, I've always been kind of curious. I'm I'm always curious what goes on behind their heads cuz I just don't get it. Like at 16 I was like girls <laughs> everything was getting girls, getting a driver's license, getting this, getting that. It's like everything was like number one, get girls. And you didn't really know what you're going to do with them, but you're just like we must get them wherever they are and so i i don't get the incel community and, and some and they do say that some of them are destabilized by porn because they look at porn and they 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 think that that's the interaction you should have with a woman that's appropriate or that that you just go boom boom you don't take them out to dinner you don't you don't woo them in any way you just walk right into a porn set and it's like sex time you're like no dude there's some some things you have to do there but sometimes i do wonder about if they're worried that that it's like a giant performance, and that's one of the reasons they're kind of afraid or scared of women, or scared to chase women. I don't know; I'm kind yeah. of curious.
1: I think it's, and this is just a theory, right? But I think there's sort of a entitlement to it.
0: Mm, like, yeah, that too. That's one of the, the
1: yeah, women, and the women, you know, they and and this goes back to sort of well, something you and me have talked about before, where if you look at, if you look at what society says arouses women. And then you actually see what arouses women, often they don't necessarily line up. Mm. So I think a big part of with the incels is they've been taught, if I do this, if I'm this super nice guy, if I do everything the woman wants, she's going to magically, like in the movies, she's going to come to her senses one day and she is going to say, You are the one. That's not reality. It's yeah. not reality at all. Now it's it's not to say that it's not to say that women like assholes. That's definitely not true, but they like alpha type guys. And those guys can be nice. They can be not nice, but it, it is, a, if we're talking about what's going to make the the lady parts sort of tingle, it is more of a very specific, decisive, go-getter, confident guy, mm-hmm. right? And so if you are the antithesis of that, the chances that they are going to magically come to their senses one day and believe that you are the greatest thing since sliced bread is just highly unlikely.
0: Yeah, it think, just doesn't happen you got to put in the work.
1: So, you know, I think, I think the the bigger issue is that they're not being taught that. Right. And and, if someone would say, Hey, you know what, here, little Johnny, here's how life really works. And stop playing video games, get off your ass, go to the gym, take some, take some classes in speaking, like work on yourself, learn how to talk to some girls and not in a creepy way. Guess
2: what? You're probably going to get laid.
0: Yeah, you bring up a good point about the entitlement. In fact, I actually had to read a book when I was younger on how to talk to girls, how to strike up a conversation, how to how to get the whole thing going. Cause I was I was having issues with that, but I was I was young. So I was like, hey, read a book, you know, how to start conversations, how to hunt on women and and how to do the whole vibe thing. But you you bring up a good point about the entitlement. A lot of them come from this participant award generation where their parents do everything for them and they don't have to do anything. And they're just like, maybe my parents will get me a girl. I don't know. So there's that. Well, it's been a wonderful discussion, and I'm sure you and I could we could be having this discussion for hours. Talk to you for hours on uh, stuff, <laughs> I could too. And we do on Clubhouse. So if you guys are in Clubhouse, join us. I mean, Eric hosts uh, with a couple other people some really great panels. Anything you want to plug about the book or consulting and working with you before we go out?
1: Yeah. Well, what I'd like to say. um Uh, If people go to my website, uh, com, you can actually download for free the first few chapters of my book. So within that chapter three is one of the most important on pussy eating. So download that and you can get started on leveling up your sex life for free today.
0: Yeah. And if you make your woman happy, then she'll be happy. You'll be happy. Everyone's happy and Makes for better relationships. I think if everyone had better relationships or maybe studied in college how to be, had better human beings to each other, we'd have a lot more happier marriages, a lot of better marriages. So
1: think about the two things that probably make marriages fall apart. Mm -hmm. Finances, sex.
0: Yeah. That's usually what.
1: Those two together, chances are you're not going to have a problem.
0: Yeah. That's why I always marry rich porn stars.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> so there you go. So thanks sir, for spending some time with us. We've had some fun, but Jesus, you are a scientist. You're like a PhD of sex. Yeah, so this you. has been awesome.
1: Well, like I said, this is, this is my calling. And this is what I, what I'm you know, here to do is just help guys and help them so that they don't have to go through what you and me went through. They can just have a nice woman and they can deliver the goods
0: yeah and i imagine you save a lot of relationships too so we've got your dot coms do we do do we get them all in
1: yeah and yeah instagram at eric everhard official if they want to contact me there and mm-hmm. there is also i have a private facebook group that they can find at facebook uh, groups slash eric everhard
0: this is the cool thing that the about meeting you and some of the other porn stars that came on clubhouse they came on really professional. We we talked about uh, a lot of the same different issues. That a lot of us that are internet marketers have, okay. You get Facebook groups. How do you build a brand? How do you push a book? How do you get speaking gigs and things of that nature, especially in the COVID sort of thing that we're going through. And it's been really cool because you realize that we all have the same sort of problems with marketing and getting our messaging and branding out there. And, and, and that's just funny. You have a Facebook group. So I have, I have all these friends. We all have Facebook groups of, of our little masterminds and different things that we do. So yeah, yeah. So I have
1: to pay one for men too so
0: is it is it is it not called a mastermind it's called master something else I don't know I'm just going to leave that uh, out there I don't I can't even get that joke please so guys Order up his book, and if you can, come see Eric on Clubhouse. He does these great panels. They talk about all this stuff. They lay it out and everything else. You can also go to your local bookstore uh, or Amazon. Unleash Your Sexual Superpowers, A Porn Star's Guide to Sexual Mastery uh, by Eric Everhard. You can order that up. I recommend a lot of women uh, take and check this book out too. You can understand a male's perspective of what he needs to go through. And it might be like one of those things where you can accidentally have it delivered to the house and you're like, wow, someone sent us this book. Where'd it come from? But go ahead and read it guy and see what, see what, <laughs> see what happens. Maybe save some relationships. So thanks for coming on the show, Eric. We certainly appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much, Chris. Hope to do it again soon.
0: There you go. And thanks a so for tuning in. Be sure to go to youtube.com to see the uh, video version of this if you'd like. Also go to goodreads.com for slash Chris Voss. Go to uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, the thechrisvossshow.com. You can go to, uh, of course, Instagram and follow us at Clubhouse where we have lots of these different discussions. Thanks a so for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time.